0: You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. I hate this movie. Like, I really, (laughs) I really don't like this movie.
1: Yeah, I also did not like this movie at all. Like, props them for trying, but holy fuck, I did not enjoy it.
2: That's the thing. The more I think about it, the more I think this might be like a reoccurring movie that I watch every Christmas, just because of how <laughs> oh, insane shit. it is. It's It it hits every element that I want from a Christmas movie. Almost. Almost. No. Can, can you what? list the things that you're looking for in a Christmas film? Because <laughs> are, I don't think we could move on until what you are do. these elements, yeah. I want Christmas spirit, I want cannibals, mafia boss, <laughs> and a black Santa. So... We are on point with this movie. Yeah, there's, there's very few films that are going to meet your stringent, uh, strict criteria there. So <laughs> Yeah, so until you've seen... Something.
3: Until you saw Elfette Makes Christmas, have you just been disappointed with every Christmas movie up to this point then?
2: Yeah, pretty much. So you guys probably don't know this about me, but I really enjoy Christmas Hallmark movies. To a huge degree, I wait until December hits and I'm jumping into them. I hated them before, but there's just something so bad about them. They're just so schlocky that I really this, enjoy watching them now. Yeah, like We should point movie, out this was not a Hallmark movie. Yeah,
1: this is not a Hallmark movie. This is like no. a low-budget
2: I Man. know. Yeah, this is this version. is us branching out into new territories. <laughs>
1: no, this is you betraying us. Saying you had a Hallmark movie and you did not. No, no, know
2: no, no. The conversation was to pick us, a Christ- no. Pick a Christmas movie. Everybody no, pick heard a the right thing. Movie. No, it was a Hallmark movie. We can go, movie. We've for- we can go through the, the text. chat. It says Hallmark. You're wrong. All of you are wrong. I said Christmas <laughs> movie. <laughs> this is a Christmas movie. Well, whether or not it's a Hallmark movie is past the point now because we watched it so why don't we talk about what the hell it was about a not so ordinary (laughs) elf named elfette finds her vacation in florida cut short when there's suddenly a christmas emergency santa claus has been kidnapped by the new york mafia's crime boss little georgie yes Elfette to the rescue. Upon arriving in New York, Elfette finds herself lost in a human world where she doesn't understand, and with a lunatic elf hunter named Ernest Killingsworth III in hot pursuit. To save the day and prove herself as an extra special elf, she must team up with her best friend Sparkle to save Christmas, Santa, and the elves before Christmas is ruined for the entire world. That's the description on the back of the box. Is that what we watched? Did that
0: happen? Yeah, those are things that occur in the film, not in that sequence and not with the same weight or importance that they place on the back of the box, but that's a technically
2: accurate summary. They really emphasized New York. Her visiting New York seems like a big plot element, but that doesn't happen until like the last maybe 30 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie. And even when you're in New York, you don't feel like you're in New York because they probably didn't have permits to film anywhere call locations so they're just like in back alleys or random local parks some sort of central park i, think. <laughs> I don't it's think they're in central say. park i don't know okay another thing that i want to highlight is right from the very beginning of this movie we're going 100 kilometers per hour within the first five minutes we get hammered with so many things that it was hard to keep pace and dave showed up late to the to the viewing and we actually had to describe the first seven minutes and we went through a giant checklist of what was happening. And Dave was already baffled by what was going on. We get introduced to our protagonist, Elfette, who's an elf in the North Pole. So we acknowledge that the North Pole exists. We acknowledge that we have elves. And she's a klutz, she grew up. She's not good at her job. She's not fitting in. Then we get introduced to Joytech, which is a company that's making a pencil phone. This is in direct competitions with Santa. So right there. I actually find that element I, interesting. We need to
4: discuss the economics of this movie because that's kind of like the linchpin of how the, the whole plot starts from this. So am I to believe that there are companies like Joytech and like Apple and Samsung or whatever that make devices, but then at Christmas, Santa and his elf army are making like knockoff versions of every product that exists and
1: giving it away for free? Yes. My take was that Santa's, this they're around full time. Everyone knows about elves. So they're like their own corporation they're supplying toys year round year round That's, that was my take because it was a competition that is not those are just they're part of this world everyone knows about them yeah santa is not just a mythical thing he is there everyone knows
4: but he's just making stuff and then giving it away for free how does how's that market strategy
2: yeah there's no patents just on christmas there's no copyright but everywhere else how, he's selling them
4: how is he not getting sued every every day what's happening here
2: because this world has north pole and elves but
3: there's no judicial system or copyright law <laughs> yeah it was pretty also, obvious matt like couldn't you tell
4: I, I, yeah sorry, it's, i just didn't pick up that santa is essentially the alley express of the north pole
2: yeah the north pole like santa is a monopoly where he is controlling the whole market and putting all these other corporations out of business at this point of the year, it's fair to say that Santa's workshop is only open for Christmas and he just annihilates the competition during that time period because he's giving away everything for free.
3: Do we have any evidence that he pays these elves or are we dealing with a slave labor market making knockoff goods with no extradition treaties to other countries to face the consequences of copyright infringement? Is that the
0: economy we're dealing with here? <laughs> that is a hundred percent what we're dealing with in I, this situation. Yeah, I so
4: think in that so, so, but- in that sense, it, like, aren't, isn't Joytech the good guy here? Like, they have no choice but to kidnap Santa. <laughs> and this is to this is after
2: this. If there was another movie, if they branched this into another movie where you just had Joytech's version of like, oh my god, we have to compete with this monopoly. How are we going to get through? How are we going to survive? We have thousands of people that we might have to let go because Santa's ruining the business for us. I would totally watch. that that movie. I would love to watch that movie, but instead we got Elfette Saves Christmas.
0: Your favorite film. Yeah. So we should we right should right. also and we
2: should point out Elfette is the worst elf. Like she cannot yes. do it. So basically
3: the the beginning of Elf, this movie is trying to be like follow some of those beats just however so strangely. I would say like the beginning and the arrival in New York, those are very much based on Elf. And so in the beginning here she's a terrible elf and that's why she gets sent away. What happens next proceeds to make no sense, however, because the
2: evil corporation becomes completely transfixed on capturing this elf who is not effective. Well, you got to take a step back first because they're realizing that their market's going down. They can't compete with Santa, so they hire a mafia boss as part of their waste management division mm-hmm. to get rid of santa to take out the competition and this mafia boss little georgie decides to go up to the north pole this is within the first five minutes goes up to the north pole and starts blasting elves with a freeze gun and captures santa <laughs> but elf Ed is fine because she took a vacation to florida reminder first five minutes of the movie a lot has happened
3: right we also meet <laughs> Ernest killingsworth the third here i think at this point or does he come a bit later he shows up on the beach yeah and so he's got the most convincing jersey accent you've ever heard so he shows up and he gives elfette no yeah elfette and sparkle her co-elf who just inexplicably lives in florida because her mom something with her mom which we can fill in later but she's like the florida division (laughs) and was the implication there was anything in that drink i can't even remember
0: No, he's just there. He's doing recon. Okay. No, but the way they framed it and then had him linger staring at them with like her tits like right in the shot there was (laughs) there's a lot of porno vibes coming across on this film, which you need to see to believe. But all of the humans that they cast to play the villains are just like kind of fucked up porn-looking dudes, where they're, like, oh, weirdly yeah. jacked and kind of yeah. ugly? He'll yeah. follow like, up, I just want to say very, that. They're very <laughs> vascular and sweaty all the time, so it's, like,
3: a kind of ripped that you don't ever want to be. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and we got... <laughs> and the, the very next scene that we see this guy, isn't he... he's, he's naked, yeah. essentially, and then he's wearing a see-through cooking apron? Yep. Yeah. All
2: right yeah does anyone remember this oh yeah no yes. i remember i remember vividly <laughs>
4: and then for some reason he's like he also wants to eat the elves right so, so i which is that cannibalism because elves are like a different species or, or i don't understand
2: yeah me. no no well
0: elves in this movie are human except they have plastic ears that's about the only <laughs> difference as far as i yeah, know i need to emphasize they did not shrink the elves in any way they are just
3: full-blown human size
4: and one, and there is there is one scene where you can clearly see the ears held on with like white duct tape. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs>
2: there's a and lot like, of mistakes.
1: The gas station chick is not an elf. She's a uh, fake. Oh. Yeah.
2: How so you, you mean, have humans yeah. intimidating or uh, presenting themselves as elves uh, during the Christmas season. So this is like, that's a thing. We have this weird world that they've set up but haven't explained, where you have humans almost verse elves because you have this man that has this cookbook that apparently we eat elves, or humans don't like elves to a a degree that they can be used as a meal. But then even some of the comments throughout the movie, there's like signs that says no elves, people are like discriminating them. So it's a very odd, odd world where maybe elves just exist in the North Pole. And that's where they stay year round. uh, And then humans have the rest of the world. But There's definitely this weird relationship between humans and elves. So when Elfette's out in the the real world, she clearly does not fit in. And I don't know. I I think there's like a lot more backstory that they wanted to get into uh, with this like elf folklore. I think you're giving this movie too much fucking credit. (laughs) I think we got exactly what they were capable of in the film. (laughs) Anything else is
0: something you're reading into.
2: No, I think think there's a lot more because when Sparkles presents Elfette with a magical box at her place in Florida to give her a belt that has, like, magical powers. Apparently, it's from the Grand Elf Guild. But there's, like, there's another scene where they hint at this guild, and it has this whole, like, mytho behind it as well. So, again, I think there was, like, a whole history that they wanted to dive into, but they just didn't, or they didn't know what they wanted to do with it, and they just tossed it into this movie. So yes, maybe I am looking into it a bit deep. They didn't know what they were doing at all, and they just stitched (laughs) this movie together.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you can't just
0: introduce things like that and then not expand on them. That's just bad storytelling. But this is where, yeah, this is where my brain Key example of what we saw.
3: So by seven minutes in here, we're on the beach, and the bad guys have more or less achieved all of their goals. They've. Frozen all of the elves save two. Yep. And they've successfully kidnapped Santa and put him in what best could be described as like a 90s basement because the whole room is like wood paneled and with like <laughs> orangey colored curtains. And what's hilarious is there's all these photos taken of Santa. Or what, what photo show up where we we figured out that it's oh. actually the same room that Santa was in?
4: <laughs> oh, this that's is... that's uh, I would think that was Sparkle's like secret base. Yeah, there's like she has, like a, she, has <laughs> she has all these like she has a big cork board with like all the photos and like push pins and and yarn, yarn going through the garage connecting.
2: but there's like that's a three-minute scene where house. she says nothing. <laughs> it's like her doing research <laughs> of like making these connections of joy tech with these villains, but she says nothing to explain it. So we're just left watching this woman walk back and forth between this cork board and her laptop going Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, in those photos... That's good
1: filmmaking. <laughs> That's also the scene where we get the, the weird voice telling her what to do or something, right? Yeah, the phone call. Like, which? Where did that come from? Uh, a follow-up question. Is it ever followed up
0: on afterwards? <laughs> because as far as I can tell, there's a voice on the other end of the radio, like a short-range radio too, and then they're never seen again or heard from.
2: Yeah. So I can actually answer- Adam, why do you love this movie? Okay, answer this. (laughs) I can actually answer that because that was a question we emailed Christian uh, Cashmere, the director, writer, and actor of this movie. Because we were lost. We were were very confused with the scene of who was this man with the distorted voice that was talking to Sparkle uh, that was warning her about the double agent. And we thought it was Santa originally, but that doesn't make any sense. But then we have no other characters to go off of. So Christian actually got back to us and uh, I'll read you his comment. So, hey, Matt. What the? Wow, thanks for watching and commenting. <laughs> so we used Matt's name. We didn't want to do yeah, this. Th- yeah, thanks, thanks for impersonating <laughs> me. Great. We also gave him your phone number. Yeah, phone <laughs> number, email address. You might get a Christmas present. You might actually get the DVD signed by him this Christmas. So you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, thank God. <laughs> the idea with the voice was that it was someone part of the Elven Secret Service or the Grand Elf Guild that Sparkle's family has been protecting.
1: They're protecting the guild not Santa?
2: This see, this is this is where it gets deeper. This is where if you do a second view, you pick up on these things, Dave. And there might be a lot more to this movie than what we witnessed.
1: There might not Adam, be as well. I think you should watch this movie about 10 more times and then come and get back it. and tell us how deep it is.
2: Well, who knows? We I, might be watching I think it again Adam next prob- week.
4: Adam probably has his own like cork board with like all the photos and yarn and push pins between all of
2: them. <laughs> I'm putting this mystery There's... together. I want to know about this uh, <laughs> Grand Elf Guild. Because again, it's just like, there's this set of world building that they never touched upon but then there's comments from certain characters in this movie that make it seem like elves are this race that people are discriminating against or don't like but like there's no reason for it like we don't get a description of it so that's what i'm yeah because from, we, like- we. it's because they're putting all of their families out of work and destroying <laughs> the economy that's just- why And that could be it. That could be it.
3: So it should be mentioned at this point that Santa Claus is a giant black man played by none other than Quentin Aaron, who I kept looking at him thinking, like, this guy seems familiar. And he was actually a lead in a pretty major movie. Um, Do you guys remember the movie Blindside with Sandra Bullock? I
0: do. Yeah. Yeah. He was the football player in that. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Wasn't he nominated
4: for an Oscar Oscar or something? No, it was an Oscor, but... uh...
0: (laughs) God damn it. Something along... Well, I mean, there's a a thread there. Russell Crowe, I believe, won an Oscar, and he's an unhinged. So, you know, anything is possible in the modern day and age. But
3: he was terrible. He was right there at the level of all the other actors. I thought... (laughs) Like, the only one who I actually thought, I'm like, okay, she's doing whatever job was um, the actress who played El Fett. And this was her first ever job. So,
2: yes I don't know what's going first, on with him. First job. <laughs> first job. No, first acting job. She had, like, first previous roles of being, job. like, the boom mic in certain films. And that's about it. But uh, yeah good for her for stepping up. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting that they would have a high name actor in this. And I think it speaks to the the group the the filming group that they have a a very tight community down in florida and they're able to Mm -hmm. get this actor to join them because again they were so closely together and they wanted to expand upon the florida florida filming community so uh maybe it was a favorite maybe they're friends i will say and i think and i think we should point it out so the movie is produced by well
3: produced written starring not starring he's a he's a secondary character but it's all the work of this guy uh christian cashmere and he's got this like really small production company in fort lauderdale florida or something like that and um his stuff looks like he does a lot of commercial work uh but he clearly has porn work maybe and (laughs)
0: and or porn
3: because jesus like every scene you think when someone approaches these women it's leading to a porn scene and that might be because of the cameras he uses which are super high quality but they're like there's just the lighting or something that gives you this very porn vibe yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> like all of, so alongside that aspect he has like a whole crew of actors in florida that they make these little passion project movies so for as much as we shit on it we think it's really cool and i would totally be like have fun doing something like this i
2: maybe oh, wouldn't pick 100 i wouldn't pick this topic or <laughs> do we make a christmas movie <laughs> so but, but yeah. that was Yeah, that was my next series of questions for Christian, uh, if he ever responds back to the email that I sent. I'm curious if this was like a side project, if this was a short film uh, that he created before. And he's just like, you know what? Let's just run with this. Let's actually make a full movie from it. Because I'm very curious of like how this got started and why they wanted to do this story.
3: Well, I think the reason he didn't respond to you the second time is the first time he probably thought Matt was special needs Because the question was really childish.
2: It was, yes. God damn it.
3: (laughs) Either a child or special needs, one or the other. (laughs) That's why we got a response. But then when you ask all these follow-up questions, he's like, is this a grown adult? What the
2: fuck? <laughs> but that's okay. So that is actually a great transition into the next question of like, who is this movie made for then? Is it made a... for adults, young adults, children? Like, where, where do you want to put this group? Because we watched it and I don't know how I felt about it. This after. movie, it's it's fascinating
0: because it was made for nobody. There is no age group demographic or a collection of people that will find this an entertaining film or satisfying. There's not enough humor for the kids. Adults are going to be bored. There's no middle ground there. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you look at, like, Pixar films where it's like, okay, you're going to have some jokes for the adults and you're going to have flashy visuals for the kids. This movie uh, blows all of its plot load in the first seven minutes. <laughs> and then there's another 90 minutes where you're just kind of watching people bump around... Florida up to New York. Blows what its kid plot is load? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Quote that one. There's basically there's basically nothing there after seven minutes. It's like we get through almost like two, three acts uh, immediately. Yeah. And then it's a bunch of like weird pervy scenes on the beach. Yeah. Well, and it's not... a dude talking about eating elves. It... Um, that's probably because yeah. they what cut. Kids... there's
4: like three hours of sex scenes for the porn version of this that they had to cut out. And that's what we we're left with.
3: <laughs> that could Every be single, case, single interaction. Like in the but... diner, it seems like it was all building up for, between two Elfette and that waiter fucking. It was
2: so awkward.
3: <laughs> so God, yeah. that... Our yeah. pancakes are the best.
2: Oh, it's disturbing. That diner scene. So again, after watching it the second time, do you know who the hostess was who was serving Elfette? No. That was Christian Cashmere. He just had a mustache on. He fooled I us. <laughs> He's in this movie multiple times. I wasn't looking for him by this point no. at that point. But yeah, that scene That scene is very odd. So that's where Elfette is actually on the road now. So she has her magical belt from Sparkle. Sparkle's not going to follow her because Sparkle has her own mission, part of this Grand Elf Guild. And Elfette's on her own. She jumps into a vehicle, and this is the first stop that she makes, which is interesting because we have the assassin following Elfette. We have no precursor to how the assassin knows where Elfette is going, but he knows where she's going to be basically in every scene. So, with this diner, he's a cook and he's going to poison her. And we had a conversation while watching this. It's like that man had to fill out paperwork. He's probably worked a couple shifts because he doesn't have anyone training him. So he's been there for like several days doing this cook roll, waiting for Elfett to show up in order to poison her. But just the way that the, the story goes, Elfett's just like right there in the diner and he is ready to kill her. He screws that up, misses his opportunity and Elfett moves on. But that scene also is set up as a porno where Elfette falls asleep after eating too many pancakes. So that's the kid joke (laughs) right there. That's for kids. But then the adult theme comes in where what do you do with the sleeping elf? you know <laughs> someone's well, I gotta think, pay for this meal yeah i think so
3: by the way they have two characters who are the same character and it's really annoying they have Ernest killingsworth the third and he's the gangster who's chasing Elfed all across the united states and then they have a, another sidekick guy who's also a special needs giant porn looking guy <laughs> he's actually even dumber than killingsworth does anyone
2: remember his name no this i don't other... even
0: know if he had one he
2: might not have had a name I don't even know how to describe this man his face looked like it was plastic or like he looked like a rat that was molded into a human shaped face but he <laughs> has the physique of this bodybuilder too but he's acting like a child so there's like is this movie targeted for kids because they have this dumb sidekick that can't do anything and he's just goofing around but then they're also talking about like really adult themes about eating people but this man i don't know like dylan you were most upset with whenever you saw this guy on on screen i mean he was the
3: only one who actually looked kind of elfin but it's because of like he's clearly had like work done on his face and like his eyebrows were too plucked and his like we said he's ridiculously ripped it's this very uncomfortable looking man um i i feel bad for picking at it but it was it was odd And yeah, he was like, you know, mentally stunted or something, um, which is a character you've seen before, but he's one of two. There's two of them that are like that. So with that said, I think it is geared towards children because they they still even have the bad guys kind of neutered in a certain sense that they're so dumb that they can't possibly achieve anything yeah no
0: definitely that's a common trope in kids films right where you have the villains and they're supposed to be evil but they're like comical or right and and, you know we could we could list a thousand examples but
3: i mean the the biggest one would be the sequels to chud harry and um uh, (laughs) that's what i think of yeah yeah definitely right it's so the the, kids the i think it's for kids because also they don't swear And I didn't know, really notice much, any kind of like sexual innuendo, except for like the fact that we thought every scene was like porn, but you'd have to like, a kid wouldn't know that. So I think
4: it's for kids. Yeah. Do we know any children that would like this? (laughs) No. I don't know know any 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 kid that would want to watch this. I think (laughs) this is
1: directed at the Christian youth groups. I think that like very specifically... That. But
0: there's no like super hardcore like come to Jesus moment yeah. because like the only magic is from elves, not from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ooh, good
1: point. Good point. Keep yeah. the Christ in Christmas. Yeah, or like weirdly <laughs> Christian youth groups that have left the church. But, but yeah, they don't <laughs> yeah, want to be bad. Like, they
2: still want to be good. So they watch <laughs> Elf That Saves Christmas so they can really have that meaning of Christmas behind them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I heard that Tim
0: Allen did cocaine therefore we can't watch santa anymore we have to watch elfette saves christmas dad no please (laughs) no
3: son of mine is going to watch home improvement (laughs) okay so it's made for kids the plot the plot after seven minutes after santa is captured is insanity okay here's how this plot should work okay they capture santa right that's the instigating action. What should mm. the plot be after they have captured Santa and Elfett is not captured? What should the plot be
0: based on everything you've ever seen? I would think, uh, based on everything that I've ever seen, Elfett would be, you know, maybe focused on finding Santa or like rescuing him or acquiring allies and resources to help her. Sort of like a, uh, like a hero's journey, perhaps. Right. That's what you would expect. And what would you
3: expect the bad guys to be doing at this point? What would their focus be in some regards, based on the plot that they'd set up
2: at this point? They're with the magic, magic tool that's allowing them to build all of this, all of these probably items, using right? Santa
3: in some way to help their business, right? Like yeah,
2: yeah,
0: or
3: torturing him, or like, torturing him to death, style. cutting
0: his skin off. <laughs> you know, ap- like we've all seen hostile, right? Well, yeah.
3: But what actually happens is they're like, all right, we've achieved this. Now we have
0: to track down every elf, and this specific one elf. For what reason? Because if even one elf gets out, that'll ruin their plans. Why?
2: (laughs) That they've successfully achieved at the beginning of the film. This is is the reason why I think there's more to this movie. And it goes back to the folklore (laughs) that they've been trying to set up with this guild this grand elf guild apparently elfette is special in some way she has a unique twinkle ability because she might be part of this guild and she's the only Aren't one all that... elves a part of the guild i don't know it doesn't say <laughs> but it's but that's what they're hinting at sparkles gets there there's like there's a weird flashback for sparkles and her mother talking about this twinkle power and that's why. Elfette gets the twinkle box from this guy in a warehouse, which is a weird scene that I don't want to discuss.
3: That's also a weird (laughs) sentence. She got a twinkle box from a guy in a warehouse.
0: (laughs) Okay, man, we are actually correct. That's (laughs) exactly (laughs) what happens. For some reason, she runs into uh, another elf who is actually just, like, a human in an elf suit. Who then refers her to a guy in a warehouse for a job. Yeah. But we don't know what the job is, and they never really talk about it. And the guy in the warehouse is this... I think he's supposed to come off as like a charming British scatterbrain type character. Yeah. But instead, he's just uh, like a weird accent nobody who watches the film as soon as his purpose is concerned. Yeah. Like he's, he's, um he's, he's a big dub dub is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but
2: and, this is, uh, but this is, this is a, this is a scene where I think in the director's head, he had a grand idea. Like this warehouse was going to be this huge library. Of just random wacky items. And it was gonna be so memor- mesmerizing where she's walking by all these things and things are jumping off the shelf and she's alarmed because she's in this new place and then she meets this very out of the norm character, this wacky scientist, right? But what we get instead is a giant warehouse with some like boxes on shelves and then she stumbles into this guy that's wearing his pants up to his nipples. is that that because it's not a
0: giant warehouse for the record either (laughs)
2: it's It's like
0: five shelves and
4: this so so the director had these like grand ideas for all this like knickknacks and stuff show and then the prop department is like look you're not even paying me at all for this movie i'm not making a whole warehouse full of props (laughs) for this
2: we couldn't even get
3: phones. It. We had to use a goddamn pencil.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's that was so. That's the thing. Like, is this genius or laziness? <laughs> Where this prop department idea.
3: is bankrupt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they can barely afford tinsel, like t- <laughs> which is like a key element in this movie too. So- oh my god. If you notice
3: at the beginning, grandma, the grandma elf couldn't even get ears attached to her ears, like elf ears attached to her ears. So they just like stapled it to the outside of her hat poorly. (laughs) The prop department in this movie, like the camera work is not bad. Um, visual, visually, it's not bad, but the prop department, just like, oh my god, so the prop Which...
0: department and set design is like nightmarish. We we haven't oh yeah well certainly <laughs> it's story, it's the majority but, of this film like just just the production value in this film and and we know that we're not dealing with like a thirty million dollar budget here, but it it looks. And feels like a movie that they said, uh, we can just get everything at the dollar store. That'll yeah. have everything we need for all of this. Right. Certainly, like, to jump back a million miles, the North Pole, when it opens, is clearly just an empty room where they set up some tables and, like, <laughs> like little shitty party favors and whatever else from, like, yeah. the dollar store. It's, it's very cheap looking.
3: Yeah, and ta- Santa's holding cell is definitely dad's den in somebody's house. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: they definitely used their parents' house for filming a lot of these scenes. But, like, again, not to knock them. It's just, like, they had an idea that was a lot bigger in their heads, and they did the best with what they could. Right.
0: I'll knock them for that. They shouldn't have (laughs) tried. They, They shouldn't have even attempted it.
2: All right, all right. Elfette, yes, she's special. That's why the Mafia is going after her. She has the twinkle power that could save Christmas. And... We get a hint at this because Santa steals a pencil phone and calls Elfette at one point. No, he calls Sparkle first. No, you're thinking He doesn't that's... give a shit about Elfette. <laughs> no, 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 you're thinking too far back. That was back in Florida. That was back when they're on the beach. Yeah, in Florida. we still
0: haven't gotten out of the first 15 minutes of this movie as oh, far as well, plots I'm, concerned.
2: I'm way ahead. I'm in the warehouse scene, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and what impact did that scene have on the plot? <laughs> exactly. And that's at the twinkle box. Yeah, she had to get the twinkle box from the wacky scientist. And what did the twinkle box end up doing? It was in the trash. She broke it. <laughs> it did nothing. It served no purpose. That, like that, that's the frustrating bit of like again doing a second viewing. Like all of this could be cut out. Like <laughs> the, the first fifteen minutes, keep it. The last fifteen minutes, fine. But everything in between, just toss it. Just get rid of all of it. Oh my god.
0: Well, thanks for coming to our TED talk about <laughs> Elf Saves Christmas.
2: Oh my god, yeah. Jesus.
4: You need to tell us about Christian and what the point of that guy is like oh. the weird Dewey? He was he shows up and he has like a British accent and then that's gone like after 2 seconds. Well,
3: yeah, can we can we just all brainstorm why do they do British accents? Why? Why <laughs> why why is the first guy have a British yeah. accent? Why, well, I get why Dewey has to because he's the brother, so he would have to so that actor fucked him he like he went with that choice <laughs> to have a british accent and he's like oh i guess i have to have a british accent now too so we have Maybe. two inexplicably
2: british guys oh did they have to give the mom a british accent as well no i don't think so i think the mom just played as mom she's yeah. like right God, so they I have to have be in two, your film again
3: two british sons <laughs> living like... in the united states in their mom's house and an american mom
2: <laughs> yeah I don't think anybody else had an accent.
3: And why am I just creeped out? Like, why do I think everything is like hypersexualized at every scene? Like even this scene. It was. Is it just the way the actresses look and the camera work? Or
0: it's what the... is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the lighting, it's the framing of shots, it's the weird stilted dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's the uh people that are sometimes just half nude for no reason. <laughs>
4: yeah, with <laughs> see-through uh baking aprons.
3: Well, and it's also the fucking scenarios they put Fett into are all like either like scenarios where men would take an advantage. It's kind of like, here, go to this random ass warehouse for this job interview with this random dude. And you're like, what the fuck? Where is this going? And then it's like a poorly done British eccentric. And you're like, okay, I didn't really see that coming. And yeah. then the next one was like. I need a car, but I don't have any money, and we all know where that goes. (laughs) Nope. We've all been
0: there. We've all had to suck dick for gas money. Yeah. And then
3: (laughs) Yeah, and then she's like at the she's at the diner with the pancakes exchange. She's like, Hey, do you want pancakes? Make a special batch for you. Like, did you come in these pancakes?
2: What do you mean? <laughs> and then she passes out, and then the and then she passes what out. To do with her
3: in the diner. Every scene is so weird.
2: Yeah, it's, oh, it's vain, very sexual. It's once you start looking at it that way. Yes, this could easily have been a porno, like Matt was suggesting, where they just cut right. out those scenes and then they put this together. What they've done is they've they set it up like Elf, and they've drawn out the scene where
3: Elf travels from the North Pole to New York. They made that the bulk of the second act, right?
2: yeah because she's meeting these new characters so she meets the guy in the warehouse and then she meets dewey the other brother she picks him up on the road he's hitchhiking and she ends up staying at dewey's mother's place for the evening she gets the call that's so that's where she gets the call from santa and santa gives her a riddle basically not saying anything clear but he's like you've got to take the box and put it on top of the tree and use your twinkle ability to save christmas before midnight it's something on those lines but that's where like you find out that Elfette is more special because rather than say, Oh my God, I'm the hero. I can do this. She starts complaining and saying like, well, actually I was leaving the North pole cause I wasn't fitting in. And then she starts going off about her life story. And then the mobsters come in, break the phone and start beating up Santa. Uh, so it's like a weird turn of events on that scene, <laughs> but Anyway. listen
3: bitch they're gonna cut my fingers off you gotta come save me <laughs> yeah
2: there's- well, not santa even that th- yeah. like don't come save me just get this shit and put it on a tree just put the
0: fucking
3: that- box on a tree or they're
2: gonna pull my
3: fingernails out
2: santa doesn't care like there's no threat for santa until they pull a gun on his wife <laughs> yeah. mrs claus and that's where it gets real <laughs> holy shit it wasn't a gun though it was like a Freeze ray. Wasn't Sometimes it? it's a gun. No, no, no. This was the actual gun. They, they go back and forth between. Remember,
3: sparkles get shot. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> oh, yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That movie got it got okay, real but, fast. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of Santa's wife, Matt, we went and we wanted to check some of the reviews on Amazon about this movie. And so like the first ten were like probably left by the cast. <laughs> <laughs> like the cast members' <laughs> friends, like, this is a great holiday movie. And then you started getting real ones, like, what the fuck was this? And then there was one. There was
2: one. Can anyone find this? I was you I know, was looking for it. I was looking for it because I started copying reviews after this, just because I wanted to highlight that. But Dylan, start searching for it, and I'll start re- okay. reading some of these reviews. Okay, so Adam will read the few, and I'll find the one I'm thinking of. God, because, yeah, I was looking for it for, like, 20 minutes, and I couldn't find it, but... This is one of the reviews. This was one out of five stars. I can't believe the other reviews. The acting is absolutely horrible. Definitely not professional actors. The story is so broken up and hard to follow. No child would sit still long enough to try to watch this. I thought part of it was a commercial before I realized it really was part of the movie. Boring, slow, (laughs) dregs out way too long. I watched about 10 to 15 minutes and was done with it. I live in an area where this was filmed, so I thought it would be fun to watch for that reason. If I could return for a refund biggest waste of my money (laughs) so i have to disagree with her the first 10 minutes are fantastic (laughs) that
4: person was really excited
2: i found
3: the review so sorry adam i know it was really hard to find it was the second review what the hell (laughs) (laughs) i tried so just buckle up because this review is a roller coaster all right let's begin two out of five stars by flsr5r Christmas Goes Politically Correct is the title of this review. (laughs) Cute movie if you're a kid. Acting is bad enough that an adult will be insulted. So far, so good. This person is connected to reality. All right. Let's take a real sharp left turn here now. But the worst part is the attempt to brainwash kids into being politically correct. Write your own story if you want to be politically correct. What? He did write his own story. It's called Elfette Saves Christmas. (laughs) But don't hijack this one. What? Throwing away a... Th- you know,
0: the classic tale yeah, of classic Santa being kidnapped by mafia mobsters r- controlled by a corporation. We've all seen that story told a million times <laughs> yeah. over. This is Throwing away...
3: Dream. Throwing away a thousand years of tradition and making Santa to be a black man with a white wife is just plain as- offensive. <laughs> Another attempt by political <laughs> oh hacks to rewrite history. <laughs> to rewrite history. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, no black Santa. Santa's white. Oh, my God. Could you imagine being so upset?
0: <laughs> Goddamn liberals. I better get on the Internet to warn the people.
2: Oh, my God. Two out of five stars. Two out of five. Yeah, not one. Not zero. Yeah. Two.
3: This is an yeah, what attack. Was,
2: what, what did
4: they give the one star for? <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, what was the one
0: redeeming quality? Sparkles was kind of cute. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> Two stars. Oh, my God. I love that. Write your own
3: conspiracy. story instead of attacking our timeless traditional classic of El Fett. History? Rewrite political history that Santa was a white man with a white wife? Thousands of years? I'm pretty sure there's not a thousands That's... of years history about Santa with a Listen, white wife.
0: Look, white Santa with white wife is the foundation of of our society. We lose that. We have nothing left. It's in the Ten Commandments, people. (laughs) To to go back a million miles ago, again, it really does feel like this is supposed to be like a youth group movie, which is, I'm assuming, why it attracted that guy. And as soon as he saw Black Santa, he's like, what? (laughs) Not in my film.
3: That was like the only good thing about the movie. We all agreed when we saw, uh, what is it, Quentin Aaron. We're like, oh, that's awesome. Santa's black.
2: Yeah, they're taking a different turn. There's some uniqueness to this movie, but apparently people just hate it Uh, or breaking up the history of tradition. (laughs) That person seems
4: so upset that if Mrs. Claus had also been black, I think they'd be less upset. A little bit less. (laughs) But
2: But (laughs) it's a a little interracial. (laughs) They were already they were already on
3: the fence with the black Santa. And then when his white wife came out, oh, fuck, it was done for this guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rice (laughs) traitor! (laughs) <laughs> i'm assuming this guy weighs like 700
2: pounds oh I, definitely I, I
3: mean he has to live in a trailer there's no yeah. doubt
2: uh, yeah the uh, guaranteed yeah. so after that threat happens Elfette gets serious and she's like i need to get to new york then i need to put this trinket box on a tree to save christmas this is an hour in we, we're finally reaching new york so everything between that was just filler and we get the montage of her in New York. She's visiting famous sites. She's doing all the touristy things, forgetting that, you know, all the elves are in danger. Santa has a gun pointed to his head and she's just having fun taking photos of everything. <laughs> They're going to fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so the this is such a weird, like, transition. But what they do is Elfette's on the street taking photos and a guy bumps into her with a flyer and he gives it to her and she's like, oh, okay, opens it up. And she goes to the restaurant where the mafia boss was meeting with the, the CEO of Joytech. And the mafia boss oh. <laughs> threatens her again, or like says that this assassin's going to kill you, even though the assassin was already doing that. Like the mafia boss already established that no, you need to kill Elfette but he's doing it again here in front of her, like making, making a giant threat to Elfette. She runs away, and then the, the assassin, the, the meathead, captures her, and we find out that there was a double agent within the elves that was feeding information back to the mafia boss to know where Elfette is, and that's how the assassin finds her. It's very convoluted. Anyway, assassin takes her, ties her up. Another close porno scene, and we have Elfett tied up, and the assassin's describing all the ways that he's going to eat her. Does anybody want to take what happens next? I forget. <laughs> Does doesn't he get
4: super
0: high? Like he he eats some mistletoe or something?
2: Yeah. That's the
0: other thing that I would like to point out is like there's a lot of drug use. Yeah. In this oh my movie god. Towards a certain point. Where it's like, oh, elven physiology is different than human physiology. And so one of our characters, the antagonist, chooses to just get like high as balls for half the film. And that's what I want in a film that I show to my kids. Drug use.
2: (laughs) Elven drug use, though. So, yeah, Sparkles, Sparkles comes in, tells Elfette to use whatever elf spice she has to drug the guy. And then they just get him super high and then they run away. We find out that Elfette has almost been betrayed by Sparkles because Sparkle has been part of this guild that she was keeping secret. Elfette runs away into Central Park where she meets a very old gentleman when she's sitting by herself in the rain and, like... Again, we know where this is going, but it takes a twist. It's because
0: he's wearing a trench coat and he's completely naked underneath. That's the other thing to note. Yeah, sorry. I've never lived in New York, but I think when a guy walks up to you with a trench coat and goes, How are you doing, little girl? That should set off some warning bells. Get the fuck out of there. I don't know.
3: You don't even (laughs) walk by a guy in a trench coat that tight. Yeah.
1: But she's over, over trusting elf talk. So, we can just let that one uh, slide.
0: Did you uh, Yeah, we just let everything slide with this film. Yeah. I mean, too
2: naive and too If innocent. Adam
0: can sit here and tell me like, "No, Christian Cashmere is actually a genius who hit all these Illuminati sides and going off on this Alex Jones rant," then I guess anything is
2: okay. We could just do whatever. I'm just saying you guys should watch it for a second time. <laughs> That's it. So the stranger in the trench coat we find out is Georgie's, the the mafia boss's father. And he gives Elfett a present. I think that's what's happened. I can't remember. He gives her a present. It's a rocket ship. Yeah, it's a rocket ship. And he's like, you're special outfit, even though everybody in this movie has been telling her she's special and that she's the one to do this, to, to complete this mission, to save Christmas, to save Santa. This old man in a trench coat is the one that really pushes her over and she gets into high gear and she decides to go to find the tree, which leads up to Dylan's favorite scene where we have oh, Dewey yeah. <laughs> interact with her Hang underneath on. the
3: bridge. <laughs> Matt, did you notice this scene how fucking weird it was? When she's <laughs> under the bridge and Dewey shows up, yeah, it was
4: the, the entire thing was it was weird.
3: So, so to <laughs> break it down, so Dewey was the brother. Remember, he was the British brother
2: who Elfett picks up on the side of the road somewhere in Georgia, between Georgia and New York, at least. Yeah, what defines Dewey? Like, what's his outfit that makes it unique to Dewey? Oh, he's like, if he's, just he's, what's the what's that, that cap? You have this hat, Tom. What's it called?
0: Yeah, the uh, like the baker's cap
2: or whatever. Yeah, uh, that field.
3: and a bow tie and. Yeah mustache i guess would be his his...
2: yeah very very unique
3: yeah so he's like kind of goofy looking british guy and they just kind of half-assed it but hey he's got he's got a costume right anyway they go back to the mom his mom's house his american mom and he's a british guy don't worry about it and she very explicitly leaves him there for every intent and purpose he is no longer in the story right i think we can all agree that Mm -hmm. that was the end of his plot line he did what he needed to do So right after Alphette gets the um, rocket ship, she needs some information. What does she need specifically to know at this
2: point? Does She needs to know where the tree is because the first tree that she went to, it didn't work. Right. Yeah. So what happens is Dewey runs up and
3: what is he wearing? Very clearly the street clothes that Christian Kashmir was wearing while he was filming this movie. It's like none of Dewey's costume, not any article of Dewey's costume. He's still got the dumb British accent, but he runs out of the darkness, gives this piece of information to Elfett, and then runs back into the darkness, never to be seen again. Never explained what the fuck he's doing in New York all of a sudden or how he found Elfett. So we figured that, number one, there was another character there who was supposed to give her this information, and he was either let go early or just didn't show up for work. Or number two, it was, like, all in post, and they just realized they'd missed some link to explain how this happens, but they didn't have the costume anymore. And Christian Casimir was like, fuck it, I'll just do it.
0: Yeah, and that, and you know, that's my that's, favorite yeah. theory. Yeah, that that sort of guerrilla filmmaking approach where it's like ah, now it's going to notice. I'll just get out there and deliver the line. I've got the same face. It'll be OK. It wasn't. And we he's so, OK.
4: And so the advice that he gives is like, oh, that that's you went to the wrong tree first. Yeah. So there's a not the, the right tree is just over that way. Yes. And then they go to another tree and it is not a Christmas tree. <laughs> It's not even the same type of, it's just some like it's tree, like a, a birch photo. tree. dying. Yeah, it's just a birch with no leaves or anything. This is also like Christmas Eve in New York and there is not a single snowflake on the ground. Yeah, like or lights. Yeah, or lights or, or I anything. think it was and
3: raining. It's, it's
4: oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was like and a hard it's, rain it's, on them. <laughs> and it's clear that they didn't get like the, the filming permits or whatever they needed for a real Christmas tree around there. So they just picked like, yeah, that tree over there, that'll work. That's fine.
3: Yeah, I really doubt they had permits for pretty much anything. They like hop on the subway and like they're really just on the subway.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, they, yeah, they filmed that gorilla, <laughs> like Tom was mentioning. But like, this is yeah. again where I, I imagine in their heads they had this huge idea of being down at like Rockefeller uh, Center in front of like a giant Christmas tree and Elfett standing there and putting up the twinkle box and then it glowing and then Christmas is saved. But what we got instead is a poorly lit glimpse of a park with a dying tree. And Sparkle shows up, and they recite a line, and the tree starts glowing, and then Christmas has been saved.
3: I will say it was one of the more realistic depictions of New York in movie that I've ever seen, (laughs) where it's like pissing rain, (laughs) and like there's a creep in a trench coat, and... You just feel unsafe all the time?
0: <laughs> credit where credit is due. Yeah. Before she gets to the tree, though, can we talk about that brief musical interlude <laughs> where oh, God. Oh, all God, of the is. frozen elves are suddenly unfrozen and start singing, and they've got a guy singing, but Sparkle's the one who's lip-syncing in her like spy garage oh, my God. for no reason.
2: I... I don't know what they were getting at with that, to be honest. They, they literally it, just unfroze oh, all the elves for this fucking yeah, of musical i don't know why that was put in but
3: um so there's there's some non-diegetic scenes in the movie um so like one would be there was a commercial early on for the pencil phone thing yeah which the more they leaned on it the more i'm like why did you choose this as a plot point it's so dumb anyway and then yeah then there's this musical interlude so where does it actually happen
0: right after she's told By where dewey. to look for the tree yeah okay. once dewey, dewey tells runs her. up is like Oh, you got to get going. And then it cuts to the musical montage. And Dewey is back in the montage, but he's wearing his outfit, <laughs> which is even weirder because we saw him just a scene before
3: without it on. And do we know where he is? Is he back home or is he in New York? Or... He, he's in New
0: York at that point, I think. Yeah. Because he... they show him walking around a park, which looks similar to the park that he was in the scene before, just at daytime so (laughs)
2: don't worry don't worry straight i've emailed christian again we will get these answers (laughs) that is one of the questions no we've been busted now he knows we're not special needs or children so
3: he's not answering shit
2: (laughs) i hope he does it would be a christmas miracle for us yeah
3: i also want to emphasize how creepy georgie's dad is like they were going for i think you know that scene from um home alone 2 where there's the toy store or- owner mr yeah yeah yep. duncan yep. it's like a really cute grandpa looking guy who like teaches you the true meaning of christmas uh georgie's dad is not that he is a mm. creepy ass looking like ex mobster kind of looking guy he's got like greasy black hair it was such a bad casting choice for him
0: oh Well, bad casting choice is kind of the M.O. for this movie. That guy, I'm I'm on his
4: IMDb right now. He played Magneto's father in the first (laughs) X-Men. Oh, Oh, Uh... hey! the mighty have fallen and... again <laughs> that's all we have to yeah. say with that that's it that's I, yeah. No, no follow-up just uh yeah
0: great casting and that was
4: probably that was a big get for them
0: yeah 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 they were, yeah he's, uh... a,
4: he's a working actor that's for sure
0: do you think he he floated that across he's like look i played magneto's father i can play your gangster father and they're like uh oh, stop drilling you hit oil you're in <laughs> we want you
3: yeah holy shit he he's done a lot of movies
2: a lot.
1: How much do you think he made from that role? I think he just Ham got a sandwich.
2: Yeah, I think he just got a warm meal and got to be close what? to uh, Elfette. <laughs> that was it. That was his pay. Yeah. Well, this reinforced the fact that he is like someone who they probably had to
3: pay to be on that set, reinforces my idea that he probably fucking pieced early and didn't
0: give that important piece of dialogue and yeah. forced oh, yeah. Christian Casimir for, to do it. You have me for yeah, he, one hour that's it if we don't get it i'm leaving that's absolutely
2: what and, happened right oh, yeah. but why would yeah. he why he wouldn't yeah. know that information though
0: no I, I i'm assuming he read the script very carefully you know, <laughs> when he had to do his little monologue he, he, had, he had really poured over it they sent it to him a week in advance and like he had to sign a bunch of ndas to not leak it to the press you know stuff like that
2: <laughs> this is gonna be huge so anyway elfette she uses her magical twinkle ability with sparkles to light up the tree they have to warp time because they were late oh yeah and then they teleport to the north pole to deliver this present to the mafia boss but before that happens the Mafia boss pulls an AK-47 and we know it's an AK-47 because it is printed on the side of the gun. <laughs> he shoots Sparkle. Yeah, Sparkle <laughs> is just shot in the
0: arm. <laughs> like, it hits the
3: bow. Up to this point, they've been very careful with, like, freeze rays and things, but this time they're like, nah. Sparkle just gets hit with a bullet. She <laughs> catches a bullet.
2: <laughs> we have uh, Elfett give the gift and it I don't know how to put this. It changes the Mafia boss into a good guy. He finds the meaning of Christmas. He sits on Santa's lap. He's just so overjoyed because he gets the present that his father was supposed to give him. We have the henchman up there. He also sits on Santa's lap. And then the movie ends beautifully with a high five. The Mafia boss and his henchman high five over Santa. Freeze frame cuts to black. (laughs) Oh, and then we got follow up scenes. Yeah, every movie should end with a high five. And then we get follow up scenes where the mafia boss becomes an elf. He calls his father. They reconnect. CEO of Joy Tech gets taken away by police officers. And I think that's it. I don't remember what happens to Elfette. I can't remember if Sparkle lives. I don't know if Santa ever gets untied. Sparkle sparkle i made it i made a point to note this she struggles to her feet
0: holding her gunshot wound is kind of swaying around from the blood loss and we just assume that she lives i guess
2: what about the assassin did anybody ever tell the assassin to not continue his mission to try to kill Elfette, or is he still going? Is that going to be Elfette two? Oh, well, t- I mean, as you've explained so thoroughly in this in this podcast, Adam,
4: there's so much deep lore to, <laughs> to mine for sequels.
0: Yeah, you tell us, Adam. You yeah. should know this. You've been watching this movie <laughs> nonstop for the last week. Yeah, so. Christian, you, yeah, you,
2: Christian, you, hit me up. I'll send you uh, some ideas for Elfette two. <laughs> I got some good ones.
0: I would <laughs> legit love to send him a script for his next movie and see what comes out of it i think that would be well a lovely thing yeah that was actually not sure if he's interested in working with me after i have publicly called him a piece of (laughs) shit but uh christian hit me up
2: yeah that actually in in part of the email that was uh from earlier it looks like they are doing another feature film next year so we have something to look forward to 2021 is going to be a great feature film out with El Fett or just a different feature film. It might just be a different film. It might be another El Fett sequel. Who knows? But uh, we have something to look forward to for next year.
0: He's directing the next John Wick.
2: Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool how would you rate this as a
3: christmas movie for me it's definitely not the worst i actually think the hallmark movies which was our actual assignment adam would have been worse because they're so boring but they're they're not funny like this is this is funny bad in places and even though they're they're trying to play ham it up and play it up they're not picking up on why it's funny for us the hallmark movies are just going to be bland i think um, they're kind of stupid. You might get some good ones, but yeah. I've the couple I've seen. So I saw like a night before Christmas, and night is spelled with like a K. Oh, uh, sounds wicked! It's fucking oh, brutal. Man.
0: How many ornaments did they try and sell you throughout the entire movie? Well,
3: I did buy ten, and I, um, <laughs> and I had to take out a loan,
2: but it was worth it. My tree is beautiful. Yeah, no, Hallmark movies just follow a, a particular formula with it, where it's always rich white girl leaves big city. To go back home to small town to find local cute guy that's either a school teacher, runs a farm, runs his own small business, and they find the meaning of Christmas and everybody lives happily ever after. That's basically 80% of Hallmark movies. With this, I enjoyed it because it does, it, t- it takes a unique twist. We had no idea what was going to happen. And then again, we had that wild ride within the first ten minutes of just like getting blasted with these amazing ideas of elf guilds, magical worlds, CEOs versus monopoly of Santa. So I really enjoyed that aspect. Again, if we can cut out the middle and have the first fifteen minutes, and you the last enjoyed minutes. having a plot
0: load just blown all
2: over your face. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> about. I think I think that's blown. what I'm saying. Just right there, right in my face. So
1: you'd be fine to take this whole movie and shorten it down to about fifteen minutes.
2: Yeah, if Tom, Tom, if you could. <laughs> edit this movie down. I think you could get a solid fifteen minutes out of this movie. I
0: think so. You know, too. I think fifteen minutes you could wrap up all of it very quickly. You'd hit all the emotional beats, all the plot points, and then you can get on with your life.
2: <laughs> Dave, Dave, where do you stand with Elf at Saves Christmas?
1: This is probably the worst I've ever seen. I don't know the story. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Dave, Dave, We broke, Dave. <laughs> 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 this was painful to watch. Like I can understand it was so bad it was funny at points. but oh man, it just didn't hit much with me. I couldn't get on board. It was a struggle.
2: So David Scrooge. Tom, where do you stand with this movie? This movie is like frustratingly
0: competent at times, which makes it even worse. Like, the the cameras that they used are impressive. I, I took a little peek at some of the uh, technological solutions they had for, like, storing their footage and everything, and it's like, okay, these guys actually understand the craft at least a little bit, yeah. but then what we ended up with was Elfed Saves Christmas. So, like, where was the disconnect? What happened? And I blame Christian Kashmir fully uh, for <laughs> both the successes and the failures. I, I'd be curious to see him take another attempt at making a film but i don't think he should star and uh direct and write at the same time he should pick one thing and do that maybe direction but even that i, I don't know i mean it's um it's ultimately just a uh, a movie that's largely forgettable outside of how confusing and poorly made it is at times and that's how i feel about this piece of shit back to you adam <laughs> your
1: feelings came at the very end
2: yeah wow the the best part is i'm going to send a reminder for myself so we watch this next year so look forward you to can that, watch
1: that by yourself <laughs>
2: well, matthew what do you think about this movie
4: <laughs> i mean it's not the worst movie i've ever seen it's like worst christmas it's kind of... movie <laughs> worst worst Christmas it's not even the worst Christmas because like yeah. I, I agree with Dylan, like some of those Hallmark movies are like aggressively boring and bland and just like you get nothing out of it. But this movie is approaching like kind of trolls to troll two level of like just it's bad but like funny in a not a way that they intended it to be. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Like
1: that's the scary part though, like when a movie does that, like it's it doesn't make it a I good movie. Yeah. No,
4: no, no, but no. Like... It's not a good movie. This is like a this is like a good like capstone project for a you know an undergraduate new media student. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That would that would get you a solid A minus in the course.
3: (laughs) Maybe that's why I I I like it more than the Hallmark movies. The Hallmark movies, you're just watching the boring ass story. This movie, you're very much aware that it's like a film project going on.
2: Like you know that that is happening.
1: It's a train wreck. and you can't
0: look away. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I'm fine with that. Like I watched earlier in the week, I watched Holiday. So that's a Christmas, but it's like all holiday movies. I would rather watch Elfette Saves Christmas than Holiday, because Holiday did not know what it wanted to be and was just like, "Hey, remember when Judd Apatow came on the scene and he had all those crude jokes? Yeah, let's do that with our movie and only film holidays, so we have no character story arc at all." It was so bad in comparison to Elfette Saves Christmas. It's just again that borderline. I swear to God, if you talk about the deep lore one more time, <laughs> I'm, going, shit. I'm going in it. I'm doing in. I'm just so curious of like what the relationship between elves and human are because I think there might have been a war because there's comments throughout this movie where it's just like now when they're in the warehouse No, no, listen, listen. You gotta. gotta put I need to go to
0: change this. my britches because I filled them with shit. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Adam.
3: I'm picturing. I'm picturing like the prelude. Uh, mm-hmm scene to like the fellowship of the ring when like they do like the last Alliance of men and elves <laughs> it it fucking <laughs> at the end of the second age, when the last Alliance of men and elves collapsed, there was a war and it shows like stupid elves getting like blasted by freeze rays
2: and shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I'd watch that movie. That's awesome. That's the prequel. All right. All right. We're wrapping it up. That's Elfet saves Christmas. Watch it. Don't watch it. Let us know what you think. Christian, hit us up. We have ideas. All right, that's it. And with that, the court is adjourned. Come back next
0: time for a new trial with new litigants in the never-ending parade of schlock that is Grindhouse Courthouse. Motherfuckers.